Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, Matt Piscazzi and John Horton. Thanks for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all the continued support. Be sure to check us out on Twitter or X at IceTime9899. And also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, be sure to send us an email over at IceTime9899 at gmail.com. Each new episode will continue to be out on Mondays and Fridays with this one a nice little way to start your week. Uh, Now that we're kind of back in the flow of things, we will have regular uploads, no more holidays and everything like that. You know, we're in the new year here. Keep it rolling for you guys. So yeah, without further ado, I will shoot over to John to get us going on this episode. Thank you, good sir. Welcome back, everybody. Right now, I'm sitting here, cup of coffee, big snowstorms. Very nice to finally have some snow and think that everything is uh, doom and gloom with the weather. Um, Hopefully it does stop sooner than later, though. Good for skiing, but perhaps might not last. But we'll see. We'll, we will see. Um, so I'm going to get into some hockey here. But first, I, I saw something that I thought was a little funny, a little interesting. And there is an answer to this. Um, and I feel like, I mean, maybe you'll just know it right away. But I just thought it was funny. Mm. Um, how many how many holes do you think a straw has? What? Like a the straw you drink <laughs> like straw. water with? Yeah. Water, soda, whatever. Yeah. How many holes do you think it has? Why do I feel like this is a trick question? I mean, I know. Is it is what is it is the answer technically like one or something? Is that the trick that it's just one long tube? Well, you got to give me your definitive answer. <sighs> I'm. What? This is gonna be something stupid. I mean, I think it's. It I it's two. It's two. There's one on each end, but I feel like there's some kind of trick here. So your answer is two. Yeah, but it's probably like one or something. Okay. The answer is one. Yes. Oh, yeah, because it's <laughs> like some one. long tube or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I saw that. I thought that was funny. But, um, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry to... Oh, man. Sorry to just hang you out I there. I just right got straw. Um, Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boo. Oh, man. Okay. Anyway, into some, <laughs> into some hockey stuff. So... Unfortunate news um, for Chicago Blackhawks fans and any fans of Connor Bedard, but he has been placed on injured reserve with a, um, it's either a broken or fractured jaw in between one of the two. Um, He took a massive hit during the game. It was a clean hit. It did look at first maybe a little dirty, but you know what? It was just he skated into into the defensive zone and, you know, they played good defense and they gave him a standing a strong standing check, um, and he was hunched forward, you know, in, in an athletic skating stance, which mm. is what, and he is shorter, you know, he's not short, but he is shorter compared to other NHL players, so his head was the perfect target for that shoulder check. And it is very unfortunate to see, especially since he was just named uh, the youngest, he was named to the All-Star team, which is now that he's the youngest NHL player in history to be named to the All-Star game yeah. team roster. Um, but you know what? all-star game is just for fun it's a little shits and giggles so it's not anything crazy but it is unfortunate to see it is like a parallel to Connor mcdavid's rookie year where he got going and looked incredible and then had a uh really nasty collarbone injury and was out for a long time and lost the colder race because of it and you know his health is more important obviously the blackhawks aren't going anywhere this year the team's roster is very pitiful um, they are going to be built, rebuilding for a couple years now around Connor Bedard. But in terms of the Calder, you know, you that's what makes that trophy so special is you can only get it once mm-hmm. in your career. There's only one opportunity to get it. And I hope maybe they could put a fishbowl on them. I don't know. They could get him out there sooner for it. 
Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this unfortunate situation? It's very unfortunate. I mean, that that right there, that's the word I would use. Um, it's just, it's it's not the worst injury, you know? Like, this is something that's pretty easy to come back from, especially later in the recovery. Like, you can kind of go, like, the fishbowl route, almost like when the people in the NBA, when they wear, like, the like goggles for, like, eye and brow injuries and stuff like that, you know? I mean, Bar- uh, Goodrose had a, had a cage on for a little while, too. So there's always that thought that, something like this he might be able to come back from kind of sooner than if it were like something that was going to affect his performance, right? Like if this was like a real, like an injury to like your legs or your shoulder or your, your ribs or, your, you know, an abdominal injury or something, like you have to recover from that because not only do you have to heal, but you have to be able to perform. This isn't going to affect his performance. So it's just about healing. Um, I mean, with that though, it is, a, it is a break or fracture. So it's probably going to be a month to two months. I mean, a month would be like a, you know, really short estimate. So because I'm just trying, I'm like running the numbers here. So he's played 39 games so far, and Mc, uh, McDavid played 45 games his rookie year. So if this guy's out for, you know, say a month and a half at least, maybe two months, that brings us to what, about the beginning of March-ish? So he'll still be able to get, I mean, let me look at the Blackhawks schedule. I'm just trying to figure like, I, he might end up right around the same I think he'll. I think he'll get more games in than than McDavid is what I'm thinking. Honestly, that's that's kind of why where I'm where I'm going with this. I'm just wondering like how close to McDavid's rookie year we're actually going to end up getting in terms of like games played. Because it'd be crazy. Like, could you imagine if if he ends up playing like almost the same amount of games as McDavid and has like that that parallel right there where you know we could yeah, look at, we'd would, look at McDavid's stats and say okay McDavid put up 48 points and 45 goals in his rookie year and what did what did Bedard do? You know we have almost like a direct comparison, but I mean, with this, with the timetable, I have their schedule up now. If he comes back in like the beginning of March, they still have all of March and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in April. So looks like he will get probably like close to 60 games, I guess would be my estimation, right? I mean, he has 39 now. If he comes back, even in the, even if he comes back in the middle of the March, he'll get like another 12 to 15 games. So the direct comparison won't be there, but. It is interesting that we've seen this happen now with two, you know, franchise player kind of elite rookie talents basically in line, you know, first in line to win the Calder. And now here we are where we have these, you know, two almost identical situations. Um, I think Bedard will come back and get a little bit more playing time. But I think if you're a Blackhawks fan now, it's like, what are you watching for? You know, like, I, Literally it's, no. it's not like they have a lot of other young guys on this team that you're like, yeah, like they have some serious talent, you know, like. Lucas Reichel looks yeah. okay, but honestly, the way he's projecting, it would be kind of like a mid-six forward anyway. I mean, he, he doesn't even have 10 points this year. So, you know, uh, you could look at like Kachuk, maybe maybe Cole Gutman, but these guys are kind of like bottom six type prospects that have a chance to maybe break middle six, if that. So not a lot to really be excited about, I guess, if you're a Blackhawks fan. Really unfortunate situation. And yeah, I just hope he can make a quick recovery and we can see him uh, see him get back out on the ice sooner rather than later because he is incredible and I think the league is going to miss him and and the highlights and the the scoring that he's been able to provide us with this season has been really entertaining. So I'd imagine you're uh, probably in a similar you know headspace in terms of just this is just sad. You know, honestly, that that's I think the it best is. way to put it is this is just sad. It's just sad to see and you just hope he can recover as, as quickly as possible. Yeah, no, it, I. It it is very sad. It's unfortunate, and um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it's, I think part of the reason, you know, with, also with the broken jaw. Like now he's got to probably 
eat through a straw, liquid foods, you know, um, also like speech. So it's not just his hockey career. It's also just his life. And, mm. you know, he's only 18. And, you know, I'm sure his friends and family and, and his parents are probably like, listen, like you have your whole career ahead of you. You've proven a lot so far. Just heal, right? Yeah. You know, there's no playoff push. Blackhawks are awful. We get the colder thing. We get the your love for the sport. But like, you know, it's also when you have an injury like this, people want to see like, how do you come back from it? Like, like you said, obviously, it's not like arms or legs or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, a broken jaw, you know, it could affect something. You never know. Everybody plays differently. So I, I doubt he'll come back and just be awful because it's not that type of injury that would, you know, ruin your physicality. But, um, yeah, it is a shame to see. And hopefully... Uh, he can get some great doctors on there and he can get like a good recovery going, mm-hmm. and, you know, he stays in the gym, whatever. Um, in that meantime, uh, I know Nick Foligno also went on injured reserve the same game with a broken finger because he fought the defenseman that broke his jaw. Yeah. Um, it was a clean hit. I get fighting, but that's a story for another time, but now he's also <laughs> injured. So, um, it is a shame. It is a shame. We will hope for the best though. Um, I will shift quickly to something that hockey fans have loved for years. I personally think it's interesting, but I don't know. I've never really, I don't know how you feel about it, but I've never really, never really found myself diving into it as much as other people. But, you know, the World Juniors just concluded. Mm. USA number one, uh, Gabe Perot, Will Smith uh, were were very instrumental in those games, which is awesome to see as a Rangers fan. Oh, yeah. Gabe Perot was just drafted. And, you know, a bunch of people on Twitter were like, oh, yeah. Should we should we throw should we sign him now and then like throw him on the roster? It's like no, the guys he's still in NCAA. Give him time. He needs to learn his skating. Still is is questionable. You know that's another story for another time. But yeah, you know, yes, yeah, so USA number one, and Sweden was number two. Canada all the way down at fifth, which is surprising. Just you know, from you know it's Canada, but uh, I did think it was quite entertaining to see um, you know USA win gold. You know, being a U.S. resident here. Um, and I, I find that to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say his name too, the World Juniors MVP, but I will most likely completely butcher this in all fathom of the sense. Oh, He's let me look Swedish. up. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Jonathan uh, Lekermaki. I think it's Lekermaki. Thank you. Yes. So what are your thoughts on the World Juniors in general and also mm-hmm. this one and just uh, just what you, what you think about it? It's like, um, so it's weird for me because it's, it's really cool. Like it is, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I cough really quick, geez. Um, so it's really cool to me, the idea, like a nice, um, a nice international uh, showcase of some young talent, uh, some, you know, some of the best young guys in the world, uh, some of the best hockey prospects in the world, go to the world juniors, you know, play good games. We see some really talented plays, some, uh, some really good highlight reel saves, some highlight reel goals. You know, it, it is an entertaining event. It's fun to watch. The thing that I have with it is it's like, it's hard to watch and the game times are weird because it's not, it's an international thing. So um, I remember, I think one of the times I looked into like watching it, we, you know, we must've been back in like high school or something. The games were on like during the day when we were at school, you know, like I couldn't really, it was hard to like actually keep up with what was going on because I just couldn't really watch the games. So there's that, like there's the barrier to actually watching it. I mean, it's hard to watch. If you're, if you, you know, really want to watch it, you can, you know, it's not impossible. Uh, but I think, especially for us here in the U.S., it's really hard for us to watch the games that aren't the U.S. games, like if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, with that being said, you see the highlights, you see 
kind of clips from it and stuff. And it's a really good way to evaluate some of these prospects and some of these young players. So I do think it's a, as a whole, I think it's a really good event. I think it's a very positive kind of event for hockey. I mean, it's been going on for years. A lot of people love it. There are people that are like obsessed with the world juniors and they love to see these guys go out there. The one thing that I find interesting about it is that these are all some of the, like the best prospects in hockey, right? So, you know, these should, these should be really talented, like good, good games. And a lot of them end up being really good games, but very high scoring games because that's it. They're all young and it's on international ice with all sorts of open space. So I think we see the numbers get really skewed because you look at guys come like who are coming into the league, like prospects and stuff. And you look at their stats in some of these international competitions and they have like a point and a half per game. And you're like, oh my God, that's crazy. This is this guy has more points than McDavid did in this event and in this event and there and this, right? And it sounds awesome, but we don't see that in the league because not only is the ice on the league smaller and the net is smaller and it's a totally different game, but you're also playing with people who are a lot more experienced and know how to play better defense. You know, you're know, you not playing with a bunch of 18, 19-year-old or even younger kids. You know what I mean? Like, it's a whole different mm-hmm. kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition, you know, the way that they play the game at the juniors compared to how the game is at the NHL. But as a whole, I do have to say I really like the event. Um, I like getting to see the highlights and, and hearing about the scores and things like that. Um, especially on MSG, they do the MSG 150 and they always show clips from the World Juniors and stuff. And they showed some really good clips of like Gabe Perot and uh, Drew Fortescue, the, the uh, defender we had taken in, I think it was like the third or fourth round this year. So um, yeah, I guess that, I mean, I've said it a couple of times here, but great event as a whole. I think I wish the visibility was a little bit better. Um, like, and I wish maybe the timing was a little bit better, so maybe we could watch some more of the games. But again, it's it's one of those things that it's more of like an exhibition kind of thing that you get to watch if you want to. But as a whole, it's just kind of something that's going to contribute to hockey and, and just kind of, you know, like I said, there are people out there that love it. So I think it's great. Um, and yeah, I guess I'll just wondering what you're thinking about it, because I, I feel like you're probably in a similar headspace, but also like we, yeah. we, we just can't really watch it. So it's harder. For, it's harder for us to judge yeah. it because it's just like you know, we can't go to the games it's and stuff. Like the story people of, internationally, the it's story a lot. It's, hockey. Exactly. Like a lot of people internationally, it's a lot easier for them to watch this. Like this gets broadcast oh, yeah, yeah. more in other places than it does here. Like here in the US, it's really hard to watch hockey. That's not NHL. And it's actually really hard to watch NHL hockey too, especially if you don't have cable. You know, we've talked about that a number of times. So yeah, I think that that's like the, the big roadblock, but it's a cool event. Yeah, no, I, I do agree pretty much almost exactly with what you're saying. Um, you know, viewership is always an issue just in hockey in general. I don't know why. It's just so irritating with with all that. But in terms of the skill, I do agree. You know, it, it is really it is really cool to see. You're like, wow, they're lighting it up. They're doing this and that. And almost like, I don't know, 80% of the time when those when those crazy players that you saw do go to the NHL finally, um, there is that like loss of the wow factor. Like, wow, this guy was really killing it in the juniors. Like, what's going on? And it is that skill level difference, the ice difference. You're kind of seeing that with Sofkowski, you know, the first overall pick for the Canadians. Oh, uh, good example. Yeah, that's a good example. Learning the new, yeah, like the, the new, he's been very, very underwhelming. Um, even though he has been better, and I'll talk about him till the end of time until he's a point per game player. But, you know, Alexi Lafreniere, too, we talked about episodes before where internationally, like, like he killed it. In his in the QMJHL, and then, you know, the World Juniors, he was MVP. He played amazing. He won with the team, and you're like, okay, wow, all right, now he's proving it on a world stage. And then he comes to the NHL, and he's extremely underwhelming. And he is better now, but still, missing that that first overall pick magic, and just a lot of the stuff that you really hope for. 
I am happy with him now, and I've just learned to accept who he is as a player. But, you know, again, it's he's another example of that exactly. Like, you saw that, and you thought, wow, this is exactly what we're going to get because you're on an international level, but it doesn't always translate. And that is also a testament to how skilled and how hard the NHL is and why people from across the world come to play in it. Mm. And, and I think that's awesome. Um, so I will shift into another topic here that we've talked about before, but... Um, Elliot Friedman, as we all know and love, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he reports on William Nylander, right? So basically, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, same story as kind of the Edmonton Oilers. No defense, really no goaltending. I know they got rid of Samsonov, and uh, very sad to see for him. And they seem to be a little stronger between the pipes now, but, you know, still not amazing. And they... Just signed Austin Matthews. It doesn't go into effect yet, but Austin Matthews to the biggest um, AAV contract in NHL history. Um, they have, you know, John Tavares for a couple more years. Uh, they have um, Mitch Marner, you know. So, and then and now they have William Nylander. So, Elliot Friedman reports that an extension could be done as early as Monday, meaning when this comes out, the 8th, January 8th with an AAV of around $11.5 million for eight years. Um, you know, I have his stats here. William Nylander has been a great player, but, you know, he's been on Toronto since he came to the league 2015-16. Um, and from his his sophomore season to now, he's had 61 points, 61 points, 27 points, 59 points, 42 points, 80 points, 87 points, currently 54 points in 37 games. And that follows with you know, 22 goals, 20 goals, 7 goals, 31 goals, 17 goals, 34 goals, 40 goals, 21 goals. Um, this is nine years in the league. Um, he also has only played one full season in his career, and he's had, he has a few here where he, um, sorry, two full seasons in his career, and he has a few here where he only missed one game, but the rest, um, you know, only 68 games, 54 games, 51 games, 22 games. Um, and with that cap space and the AAV, um, I understand the cap is going up um, this year, which is good for a lot of teams. But, um, you know, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Um, and he makes plays. He finishes plays. But $11.5 million is a little high, I think. And eight years is kind of crazy. Um, we're seeing a lot of the eight-year things here now and there. Um, so I guess. I'll shoot it to you first and then come back to me. But what are your thoughts on William Nylander getting an $11.5 million AAV for eight years for the type of player he is and, and the points that he puts up? Honestly, I think it's totally warranted. Just because I'm looking at... you got to figure the cap's going to go up. That's a big That's a big reason that these, these contracts are going to keep going up is that the cap's going to go up. But I just compare it to some of these other guys on the team and I say, how do you not give him an $11.5 million? Because right now... He's running the show. Well, not running the show, but, you know, he's 54 points on the second line. He has the most points on the team, more than Matthews, Marner, and Tavares. Uh, Matthews, like you said, is going to make, you know, the most money in the NHL. Uh, certainly so. I'd imagine that's going to open the door for some McDavid and Dreisaitl contracts as well. They're probably going to be huge. But Marner's making 10.9 mil, and Tavares is making 11 mil a year. So you just look at the two of them and say, like, okay, well, they're going to give you kind of, you know, from that triad of, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander, you all kind of expect in, within the same realm of production, you know, definitely a point per game um, with a lot more, you know, potential to even be 
one, you know, 1.1, 1.2, 1.3 points a game, depending on how the season goes. But then you look at Nylander, who's almost at a point and a half this year. And, you know, coming off two straight 80 point seasons, uh, 40 goal season last year, uh, Tavares is getting older. So it's not like he's, you know, someone that you can kind of hang your hat on and be like, oh, yeah, like that 11 mil, that's going to look really good. Like, no, he, you know, he has 34 points in 37 games, no slouch. He still has that talent, but you can't expect him to do that forever. So, I mean, I I think it's totally warranted. I think that if he doesn't get 11 and a half mil here, he's going to get it somewhere. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just, you know, he's making about seven mil right now. That's not, he, he could make close to double that in this, just where that, you know, where the market is right now and where the cap's going like in terms of actual value for this guy. I mean, if he keeps playing the way that we've seen him kind of consistently approving, improving every year, and now 54 points in 37 games, leading the Leafs who have Austin Matthews and Mitch Barter and, and John Tavares, you know, that's no joke. So I think it may be, like, I understand the, the kind of the cautiousness, like you being a little, maybe a little more cautious and saying like, oh, that's. That's a lot. Like maybe you want to give him like 10 and a half, 11. But the thing is that the projection is the cap that the cap is going to keep going up. So that 11 and a half over eight years, the eight years sounds crazy. But in two or three years, that 11 and a half really only carries nine and a half, 10, nine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just in terms of how much the cap is going to go up, it's not going to actually, you know, hit you as hard as it is going to hit you right now. So I just think that I think the one problem with this if I'm like Toronto fan, is what are you going to do with the rest of the roster? I mean, how are you going to afford his 11 and a half, Matthews at 13, Mitch Marner at basically 11, and Tavares mm-hmm. at 11? I mean, what's right there, that's rough math, like 46 million of your 80-some-odd cap space. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's more than half your cap on four guys. So what do you do with the rest of your roster? And that's the thing. You look at the rest of their roster, and it's not, you know... The depth isn't there. It, it's hard for them to kind of hold depth pieces and, and kind of keep a, um, you know, a, a, long, a balanced roster long term, especially when they had injuries on the defense and stuff. We kind of saw that play out. They didn't really have the guys to back them up. And we saw them have some kind of issues defensively for a little while. I think some of those guys have come back and they've kind of uh, they've been playing pretty good here recently. But yeah, I think it's the contract itself is warranted. I just think that if I'm a Maple Leafs fan, I don't even... I don't know. I want to keep him, but I think if I were going to keep him, I would want to ship Tavares. But he's your captain, so how do you ship your captain? You know, it's right. It's it's kind of a really tough situation. Um, I'm going to be interested to see kind of how this plays out. I think it'll be really fun. This this will be the big kind of talking point here, especially coming up to the to free agency this year. This is going to be the big story. So it will be really, be really entertaining and, and fun to keep our eyes on. Uh, I'm curious what you think though. Like if if you think, I mean, I know like you said, you kind of think it might be a little bit much. But do you do you think that they really should resign him and and kind of go from there or are you more of a proponent of you know let him walk and then kind of see if we can use that cap space elsewhere well i guess so i do like the toronto maple Leafs. they're i like them as a team you know like if the rangers get knocked out right of any competition i'd probably want the maple Leafs to be my second team to win just because of that history actually probably Connor mcdavid but he's the oilers whatever i, I do like the Oilers too but uh, yeah, I, my thought is so right now their projected cap space is zero dollars and zero cents on cap friendly. I have here, but um, so currently, like you were saying, so right now, just with this, and this is without uh, actually this might be factoring in Matthew's new contract. They have spent fifty seven point five million dollars on thirteen forwards, right? Mm-hmm. They have spent nineteen point three million on defense. And right now they're spending 1.7 million on goalies. So that exactly is what we're talking about. You yeah. can see the, you can see the issue, right? And we've seen this is why I don't understand um, 
you know, their GM here, Brad uh, Treleving, you cannot, it's been proven many times in the modern day NHL, you cannot outscore your problems. The Oilers have been trying to do it for years and you can't. You cannot outscore your problems. You need, you don't need to have Martin Brodeur or Carey Price or Henrik Lundqvist as a goaltender, right? You just need like a good tandem. You need, you need like one or two solid defensemen that aren't going to be like a minus three every game. And yeah, it's awesome to have all these star players, this, this, and that. I think keeping Nylander on your team is awesome. And like you said, yes, like over those couple of years, the, the cap's going to go up, so it won't look as, as horrendous. And, you know, seeing here, John Tavares, is kind of, he's a UFA in 2025-26. So maybe they sign, you know, Nylander, run it another year, struggle defensively, and then when Tavares' contract is up, they say, oh, sorry, we don't want you, and then he'll be like a Patrick Kane jumping around team to team, and they'll use that $11 million in cap space and maybe... Mm pull in a goaltender, maybe pull in a couple defensemen. But that's another two years that you're just waiting for maybe certain goaltenders in your system to play better or certain defensemen, this and that. Um, it's an interesting gamble, I think, yeah. to, to sign Nylander because if you let him walk, um, not only do you now have that cap space and then Tavares leaves and you have that cap space, you could bring in depth forwards, mm-hmm. depth defensemen, and then just round your team out better. I personally, you know, and it's also tough, like you drafted Nylander, you don't want Tim to just walk and go to mm-hmm. another team, but I, I can't tell if there's a sense of like pride and like, oh no, we have to resign him, we have to keep him going, and I don't know, I just think, I think they're just going to continuously try to outscore their problems until this team needs a rebuild, Yeah, and I don't think that's sustainable or healthy, but I think that's just going to be what Toronto does. Yeah, I, it's it's a tough situation. I really I like because I hear what you're saying, and, and I want. I think that's the better move. Like I do think that's the better idea for them is is really spread out the distribution of this of the the funds and of who they're paying and and get more guys on defense who are worthy of contracts and and actually making money. Right, like you don't want to just be handing out a couple million to your mm-hmm. defenseman while you're spending you know forty plus mil on forwards. So yeah, it's. A really weird balance on this roster, and like you said, I I just don't know that they can kind of keep up that. Let's outscore your problems and hope we can get good goalie performances here and there, and that our defense isn't going to crumble. I mean, when you don't spend the money on them, what do you what do you expect? You know, so exactly something to keep our eyes on moving forward here for sure. But um, yeah, I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, we are getting a little pressed for time here, so yeah. one more thing, and then we will do our segment for sure. For sure, um, we can, uh, we can. currently in the league. The Winnipeg Jets have skyrocketed to number one spot, 25-9 and 4, 54 points, tied 54 points with the Rangers. The Rangers would be top if they won last night against the mm. Canadians. Rangers have been playing well. They've just been having some, um, I think you would agree, you know, defensive clearing the puck issues. Um, I have seen some stuff too. Adam Fox is playing good, but he's definitely, you know, not playing on the level we'd expect, and that's completely understandable because of that massive injury he sustained and went on LTIR, um, but he's still playing on a good level, I think. Uh, Igor and Quick are playing well, besides a few stinkers here and there, mm. and um, I think uh, the coaching is, is doing well, and I think the team will continue to do well. Boston is third, Vancouver is fourth, and Colorado is fifth. Uh, they did get blown out, Colorado eight to something, between both goalies which was crazy but um yeah so um i think uh we can both agree it's very surprising winnipeg is is you know 
is up here and um, I'll throw them into my segment in a little bit. But I guess before we quickly jump into segments, is there anything you would like to say uh, on that whole situation in the league? So I actually <laughs> preview the segments. Uh, my Mystery Monday is about the Jets. So I guess I'll, I'll, okay. I'll yeah. save that just for a minute just because, um, like I said, I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But yeah, I mean, I just just a real quick note on the Rangers. Um, really happy with what we've seen. I think we're seeing now the the further we get into the season, uh, it's a little harder to keep up the consistency. You know, we are seeing uh, now it's a little bit not up and down because I mean we really haven't been an up and down team, but we are seeing a little bit more of that. You know, you win a game, you win two games, you lose a game, you win a game, you lose a game, kind of thing. Um, I think yeah. I think it's also just come down to some unfortunate bounces and things like that as well. Like the last last night's game against the Canadians. We really, I mean, Sam Montembeau made, it was an actual brick wall, like made yeah, just like 40 something. Oh my God. And then like yeah. you, you'd pointed out, you know, the, the Mika, um, the Mika play in the shootout, he literally had an open net. And as, you know, as Montembeau's like falling back the opposite way, just throws his stick down ever so, you know, gently in the other direction and barely taps the puck. And it's like, oh, come on. Like we were that close, you know? So I do think there's some of that going on as well. Um, but yeah, still really happy with our play. And I think that. We're at a really good spot, you know, halfway through the season here, um, kind of have a good idea of, of our identity as a team and, and the coaching and everything like that. So, yeah, really looking forward to that the second half of the season here. And like I said, I'll save the Jets for, for a minute here. But, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll just I'll run my light to lamp real quick then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I know I'm, we are short on time here a little bit. But, um, yeah, so my light to lamp actually very relevant to what we were talking about today. Uh, it's from Gabe Perot and it came in the, uh, the World Juniors, actually. So. Uh, he played really well in the World Juniors. Uh, he had a couple goals, a couple assists. Um, uh, you know, he a lot of guys online were clamoring just about how good he looked, and and the playmaking ability was is really what's been kind of hailed there. The passing and the and the IQ on the ice and everything like that. We saw that on this goal. So he's driving down the net. Um, if you're you know looking at the goalie, he's coming down the left side. Uh, he's he's kind of down low, and he gets kind of a little bit of an opening. Shoots a real great pass uh, diagonally across the ice to the right point, and then as he's kind of that guy on the right points getting set up Gabe pro drifted down a little bit closer to like the net like the front of the net and the defenseman just ripped a slap pass right down to pro who's left-handed so his stick was on the outside of the goalie just past his pad and it was like tape to tape perfect slap pass right onto a stick and he tipped it into an open net uh it was a gorgeous little play it was boom 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 like it happened pretty fast too so yeah really really pretty goal um really good stuff from pro in the in the world juniors congratulations to the u.s for winning it and uh, yeah, excited to to see him develop and uh, hit the ice for us in a couple of years here. But so that's what I got for light the lamp. All right, that yeah, that one that one was sick. I I did like that one that one a lot. Um, so my light the lamp is a little different. It's actually going to be the save. I have to give it to him as much as I don't want to, but it is Sam Montembeau save. Oh, yeah. on that's a good one. <laughs> Zabenejad Zabenejad did everything right the moves the hips the Forsberg and Montembeau just pulled out you know the the spirit of um Carey Price and maybe it was Carey Price and he just put on Montembeau's uh you know jersey just to just to have one last game with his knee injury you know um so yeah that one's mine because it's just like wow you know that's a save of a save of the year perhaps and uh yeah so I guess we'll do Mystery Monday real quick um so my mystery Monday is with the Colorado Avalanche. Um, you know, they're they're comfortably in the top 10, but they have had some goaltending issues. So with my mystery Monday, it's going to be, you know, will the Colorado Avalanche get a, you know, consistent base of, um, you know, will they be able to keep their GAA down like below a four? Because they've had a, they've had a, a decent amount of games where they kind of just 
get blown out. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is mine. Yeah. Okay. No, I like that, and I think that's it's an interesting story out of Colorado because they're such a good team. But you, like you said, when they lose, or even in some of the games they win, like it, these games are really high scoring. Like it's not like they're playing lockdown defense, which is something that when you get into the playoffs, you kind of have to hang your hat on defense a little bit more. So definitely something to to kind of keep our eye on. Um, but yeah, like I said, my mystery Monday is, is totally about the Jets and it's just, can they keep this up? I mean, like you had looked at the, the standings this morning and when you said it, I was not shocked because I've seen this kind of floating around a little bit, but they're top of the league right now. And it's like how, what, mm-hmm. where, when, why? And you know, you gotta, you kind of have to give it to some of the off season acquisitions that trade they made for the King, uh, with the Kings, with the Dubois trade, Dubois, no, uh, Dubois, geez, not Kyle Dubois, geez. <laughs> But um, that trade they made with the Kings, uh, Velarde, I think it's Velarde, Perfetti, and Ayafalo, if I'm correct, were the three, uh, the three forwards they got in that deal. Actually, I don't know if Perfetti they got in that deal. They got someone else I, I think I'm missing on. But yeah, their, their additions have been playing pretty well. Kyle Connor uh, is hurt right now, but he was having a good year as well. It, it's just interesting. There's not like one guy on this team that's you know kind of lighting it up. Mark Shifley's, of course, having a good year coming off that extension, but for him to be 30 and still playing at point per game is really impressive. Um, yeah, just... Wondering if Hellybuck can keep holding it down and if this team can just keep finding ways to to play solid defense and, and you know, kind of win from the back. That's kind of what we've been seeing here, which is a stark contrast to what we thought we'd see because I didn't really think they would be that good defensively. But they've been a surprise here. And so, yeah, just wondering if we will continue to be surprised or if they will kind of come crashing down at some point. But the way they're playing, it doesn't really look like there's uh, too many holes in their game. And if, if they can kind of keep this system up and, and keep up the the flow and kind of the energy they have right now. I mean, they're eight and two in their last 10 games. It's seriously no joke. And if they can keep that up, uh, there's no reason to expect that they won't have a, a good shot at uh playoff playoffs here and maybe even, you know, pushing for the Western conference. So yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. That's, and that's my mystery. <laughs> good one. All right. I'll uh, give my final thoughts. And then if you want to take us out with your beautiful voice, I'll do what I can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed this one. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, you know, every episode, Monday and Friday, here and on YouTube. Um, be sure to check us out on Twitter as well. Um, yep, thanks for all the support. Tell your friends and family and loved ones. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there. We will catch you on the next one. Yes, sir. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, glad to get another episode here. Keep it rolling for you guys in the new year. I uh, hope you all... We're uh, safe, you know, you enjoy the snow and get out there. Maybe you got some kids, you get out and play in the snow and all that. I know uh, my nieces and nephews will be making snowmen today. Hopefully we'll be able to get over there and check that out. You know, weather, weather, um, weather allowing, all that kind of stuff. You know, it is still snowing right now. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the snow and, and the weekend. You're all safe and everything like that. And uh, yeah, be on the lookout for some Rangers games this weekend. We got some, some good stuff coming up here. And uh, yeah, be on the lookout for an episode later in the week. And we will catch you on that one.